this theory is being postulated. Ooh, I like the word postulate. We it's use that com- math. It's coming from, okay, that's, that's another way of saying it. It's coming from a common man. Okay, it's coming from an average Joe. There's my two two tenants. And, you know, we, we put a lot of stock in firsthand testimony. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty ironclad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the two foundational things for my theory. And here is my theory. Men, this is a reclamation project. Manhood in the West is broken in our homes, in our cultural institutions, in the church. Real men have gone missing. We're here, a Protestant and a Catholic, to confront that reality with the wisdom and truth of our respective faith traditions. Join us as we move from mediocrity to mastery, from apathy to action, from failure to freedom. Join us as we seek manhood restored. Mighty men of valor, welcome back to the Manhood Restored podcast, where we call a crusade to recover the ground given away to the cultural imperialists. This episode is titled, The Theory of Common Man. My name is Chad Stolle, and I'll be acting as senior fellow as we conduct the thought experiment of this episode. Here to assign, uh, here to assist me, is my lab tech or lab rat, depending on what I need. My co-host Ben Neff. Ben, did you bring your petri dish with you today? I have no idea what is going on right now. <laughs> Intentionally kept you in the dark about yeah, this episode. Like I am, I'm a lab rat. I mean, experience. I have no idea what you're even the, the theory of common man or something. Yeah, that's okay. right. This so. is this is. I mean, this is a really big deal, and I think you being here tonight, it's a privilege for you, and it's a privilege for our audience to hear this for the first time. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I better get going because I have no idea. I must say I'm so excited to share. So. Um, this is groundbreaking work um, in scientific inquiry. What you'll hear today um, is a theory, a new theory I'm testing by um, applying the most exact and rigorous methods of observation and experimentation. It's a theory that if proven, now I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if proven could revolutionize the way that we as men see ourselves and our place in the universe. I know, I know it's a lofty claim, but just imagine, Ben, just imagine. What if you could have been there to hear Einstein work through his theory of relativity? Or Copernicus spell out the theory of heliocentrism? I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself here, you know, like... Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the theory of heal. I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> Just imagine if you could have been yeah, present. Yeah, that's what Copern- this is the equivalent of. Can I Google the theory of no, don't don't worry about Okay, it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It's not a math theorem. No, it's not. No. Okay. But I'm glad that you're here with me today to help test this theory. Um, you know, you and I will be able to work through it, modify and improve it together. And after which, of course, I'll be submitting my findings to all the major you know, scholarly journals 
Um, <laughs> okay. And, and you know, I'll give, I'll give you a nod. I, I don't think I'll be able to put you in the acknowledgements or anything like that, but I'll, I'll give you a nod somewhere for helping. Okay. Can, do I have like a special, like, am, can I opt out of this or is this mandatory? Sorry, you're already here. This is mandatory. This is mandatory. Okay. But you, I mean, this is a big moment in history. It's, really. I don't you, like this mandatory thing. You know, <laughs> I, I like my choice here. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're coming along with me, daggone it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll come happily. All right. Before I state um, the theory in its most simple and straightforward iteration, I think it'll help uh, for you to get kind of comfortable with this. To if I, if I tell you a reference, I guess, two widely accepted laws of physics upon which my theory is based. Okay. 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 I do know some laws of physics. All right. Here's number one. I'm sure you'll recognize this. It's called um, the law of go the other wayism. <laughs> You've heard of that? I mean, I have a, some science background. Um, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's just misplaced. You know, neither created nor destroyed. Just misplaced or displaced. Object at rest tends to stay at rest unless an outside force is acted Whoa, upon. Look it. at you. See, that's why I had you sign up for this. Okay, but the theory of go the other wayism. That's right. You didn't catch that one in school? I mean, well, I mean, I, mean I, I didn't have a 4.0 in high school. I don't want to bog you down with the okay. technical stuff, Ben. So let me try to make this a little more accessible for you, okay? Okay. Please do. I, and easy way to do it, it was beautifully illustrated in an episode of Seinfeld. Okay. You know, I'm really I, bringing it down now uh, to your yeah, level. Yeah, okay. I do like Seinfeld. <laughs> this is the episode called The Opposite. Okay? And so George... As frustrated oh, as he always is. Okay, I know where you're going. He comes with this. to yeah, the yeah, yeah. he comes to the realization that every decision he's ever made in his life has been the wrong decision. Yeah, I remember this. Yes. <laughs> and the the waitress comes up to him and asks him, basically tells him what he's having, and then she gets ready to walk away, and he's like, "We'll put this in the show notes." Uh, he's like, "No, I'm not going to have tuna on toast. I'm going to have chicken on rye." And he says, he said, and then basically after, after she, he orders and done, he's like, ah, maybe if I just do everything the opposite of what my impulse is, things will work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the money line. Okay. Jerry, like he normally does, sits back with a smirk on his face and says, you know, George, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be true. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and George proceeds to go over to a woman at the bar who looks at him because he had just ordered the same lunch as her. And he goes in and introduces himself this way. Hi, my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> the opposite of what he normally right, do. Right. Yeah. So see, there's a great illustration of. Yeah. And then I think it worked out for him, right? I don't remember. Did you get the girl? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> for a while anyway. Yeah, okay. It worked out for most of the episode. Okay. And then it all fell apart. All right. <laughs> but you get the idea. Yeah. So the law of go the other wayism mm -hmm. is very similar to this. Okay. And here's, here's succinctly what it, what, it, what it says. Whatever the world says or does, do the opposite and you'll be better off. Hmm. You, you missed that in the textbooks? Um. Yeah, I guess I did miss that. Um, I mean, no, I mean, no, no. I, I, yeah, I was there. I, I saw it. I okay. just, you know, forgot about it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that's that's the first, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's just 
widely accepted. There's no questioning right. the truth of that. So it's just my theory yeah. is based off of that. One of, that's one of the two. Okay. Here's yep. the second one. Okay. Uh, it's the firm and incontrovertible foundation of lived experience. In the courtrooms, in the courtrooms, uh, you know, firsthand testimony, or I don't know, in Protestant circles, the, the, my testimony, my witness, yeah, Look at my witness. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a witness? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, sorry, that's a generalization, but in the in in this case, it's my firsthand testimony. Okay, as l- the guy who's lived the life of the average Joe. Mm-hmm. And you are you ready for my credentials? <laughs> you do you believe that? <laughs> okay, let's hear that it. I lived the life of an average Joe. Average okay. Joe? Did you go to average Joe's gym? <laughs> no, that's a dodgeball reference. Oh no! Okay, okay. You, I missed that one. Yeah. Dang it. Uh, so I was born with no great genetic pedigree. True. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, was I supposed to agree? <laughs> so, you were supposed to say, well, um, what do you mean, Chad? I mean, oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> so uh, I no silver spoon, so no generational wealth. Okay. Dolly Entrance. Yeah, so no, I haven't uh, seen the returns on that one yet. You haven't seen the returns. I don't know. You drive a really nice Honda minivan that's <laughs> about 15 years old. <laughs> needs, a, needs to be washed badly. Okay. Um, no great talent, musically, uh, sports-related, art. I mean, you know, some people are just born with gifts. Nothing here. You're just looking at Chad. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, this might be disputable too, but average looks, <laughs> average IQ, average IQ, Maybe a little bit above average vocabulary, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean IQ, okay? I, no, wait. Do you, is this legit like you? Your, your IQ's got to be a little more than average, <laughs> I would think. At least with the word, those big words, right? Well, I, I, that's just, it's like, just show. It's just, uh, okay, yeah. well, I, I know I, there's a phrase that if you can't uh, bedazzle them with brilliance, you <laughs> baffle them with bullcrap, basically. <laughs> so maybe maybe you just figured me yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> so you just use really big words, and then they go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a pretty smart guy. All right, well, keep going, because well, I'm I, like me, the audience is all kind of wondering where you're going Oh, I know. This. I'm just really building up. The <laughs> yes, I am excited, though, on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Well, hey, as proof of it, average grade, grades <laughs> in, in school, uh, no scholarships handed out to me, had to work menial jobs mo- through most of the school, my schooling. So you, um, you didn't get any scholarships? I, I got, listen to this. I got one $250 scholarship. Are you, that's, that's true. This guess, is completely yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. And guess what I did with it for, for beer. No, I don't think you could, but it, it pretty close for like six weeks. I bought a panini and a sweetened iced tea on my way to class. Once, once a day. With their scholarship? That's right. You could use it for anything on campus. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah. See, this is, this is the life are, of the yeah, average okay. Joe. Okay, that, that probably takes the cake right there, you know. <laughs> I, for sure, I was for sure you had something under your belt there. No, nope. C's get degrees, okay? Okay. Um, so in other words, this theory is being postulated. Ooh, I like the word postulate. We it's use that com- math. It's coming from... Okay, that's that's another way of saying it. It's coming from a common man. Okay, it's coming from an average Joe. There's my two two tenants, and you know we we put a lot of stock in firsthand testimony. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty ironclad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the two foundational things for my theory. And here is my theory: 
most succinctly stated, the life of a common man is the surest way to happiness. I cannot say that word, surest. Okay. The life of a common man is the surest way to happiness. So that's the theory. That's the theory. The life of the common man is the surest way to happiness. Like all theories, it's very simple, yet complex. So we're going to have to really put this to the test. And when I say put this to the test, you're my lab tech and my lab rat. Okay. So I administer my own vaccine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so let's see if this holds up. Okay. First thing I'll do is give you a syllogism. Okay. And that's a big word. You got it. I'll, I'll give you the definition of a syllogism. Okay. It, it's, it's just two premises, two premises and a conclusion. So that just means that, Hey, I'll state, I'll make a statement a, and if a, and the second statement B, if a and B, then C follows. Mm. So you can try to poke holes in my one, my, my two, my first two premises. Um, or you can just say they don't, it doesn't follow because of those two things. But a syllogism is just logical. Yeah. I was going to say, I took a whole course on logic in college. Oh, well you, yeah, you didn't come for, you look like, look like you were not understanding what I said by syllogism. Well, it's been a few years. Oh, okay. okay. Man, you've been in a lot of school, you know, your science, you know, your logic, right? You're dangerous. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's premise, keep going. Let's hear the premise. I'm premise A. Okay. Premise one. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, if you made it this far with us. Okay. I just want to say, like, what? I'm still wondering where you're going. All right. Probably the laughs have brought you this yes, far. Okay. Um, the world defines greatness in terms of an achieved excellence in the extreme. Mm-hmm. Excellence in the extreme. I totally agree. <laughs> Okay, that's the world's definition of greatness. So to be great, in other words, equals driven to the highest level of success no matter the cost. Right. I just think of X Games right away when you say Oh, right. You know, Extremes. Extreme, yeah. So you're like, oh, wow, they're going to do a triple, double backflip on land it, you know, and then like, oh, they broke all their bones in their body, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. And then they'll well, get CrossFit. I mean, we were just talking about CrossFit. Yeah. Holy cow. That's extreme. Yeah. Okay, so that's one. I, and I don't think you would disagree with that, so we won't dwell on it unless you want to come back to it. Premise two. So remember, if A and B, here's my B, excellence in the extreme, greatness as defined by the world, necessarily neglects most other aspects of life and therefore leads to misery. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. Yeah. So you're with me. Yeah. If A and B, then C. My but- conclusion must be true. Must be true. Okay. Being a common man must therefore lead to happiness. Common man means the opposite of the way they define great. And happiness is the opposite of misery. Yeah. Is that is that ironclad? Yeah. You know, mental health. We talked about that. And like we talked about suicide and men and like our age. And I think so many of them feel like they needed to be extremely successful and above and beyond and, you know, here, set the bar high and reach it and, you know, go for your goals and all those things. You mentioned perfectionists. Yeah. Right. Well, you're looking at a perfectionist right now. I mean, <laughs> so that's the, that's been, you know, my premise. And then, you know, it leads to misery. I had a conversation with somebody recently about it. Like, Hey, be okay with being imperfect. I said, oh. if, if you 
continue to try and make your life perfect because that's what they were all trying to do. They were trying to make their life perfect for all people for all times. Like it was just like unbelievably mm-hmm. overwhelming to do that. Like I said, that is a recipe for misery. That's what I told him. I said, that is a recipe for misery to try and be perfect at all times. You know, be okay with imperfection. Yeah. That's a great way of like repackaging what you just, what I was just laying out there. Yeah. I, I, I follow. Okay. Great. <laughs> Well, I mean, so therefore, you know, don't chase this, this defined greatness, you know, uh, in the extreme, if you want to be happy, uh, I think you should be common instead. All right. Mm. Common. Yeah. That's, that's tough though. Yeah. I to don't be common. Wanna, yeah. I don't want to be common. Like that's, you know, I, that's all I've been told. Other people always have told me I'm special. I'm going to do something <laughs> that's special. That's right, Dave. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And so I, I must be special. So to be common, right? Yeah. See, so, the, see, the common word, that word common is such a like malign. Drab. Word. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know what I'm doing? By, by proving this theory, I am elevating the word to its proper proportion. It should be in light, the common man. Okay. Okay. Well, let's test this. Okay. Let's test it. Now, you, in this case, you were my lab tech there, yep. and here you are my lab rat. So yeah. you're going to have to work. <laughs> I got to keep going back to that. You, you, I'm going to ask you to to play some games here with me. Okay. Mazes and all <laughs> the whole nine yards, okay? <laughs> Remember, this is this is utmost rigor. This is When you told me this was going to be an amazing stringent. episode, you didn't tell me this. <laughs> The most stringent thought experiment, Ben. So I need you to really engage here, okay? Okay. I'll give you um, the three tests. Okay. That we're, don't start acting like you're bored, okay? <laughs> don't do that. I am ready. <laughs> the three tests. Test number one okay. is the celebrity smell test. <laughs> okay. Number two. You know I got a good sniffer. <laughs> <laughs> number two. You remember on Family Feud, they would say, survey says? Yep. You know? So just try to say that these words with that. It, it's, wisest people say? Wisest people say? <laughs> You're a nice job, Labyrinth. Yeah. So, sorry. One, two, and the third is the line test. Not like you're drunk and you're walking down the line, but this is the movie line, or if you want um, the line in a song test. Okay. 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 So what we're going to do here, we're trying to say um, through these tests, I'm just going to say, hey, does this common theory, the the theory of common man? The theory of common man. The theory of common man. Of course. I can't already forget this groundbreaking theory. Um, Out in the world, if we project that out in the world, does it come back to us true? Does it ring true? Okay. Celebrity smell test, Ben. What I'll need you to do, you smell? (laughs) Yeah. What I need you to do in the celebrity smell test is I'm going to name off a famous person and I need you to tell me by association, hopefully you know most of these guys, what makes them great. Okay. Just one, just kind of one word. Okay. (laughs) Right. I'll make it easy for you to start with. Okay. First one, Michael Jordan. Makes some great best basketball player in the world. Goat. Goat. Yep. Okay. Basketball. Good. Very good. Number two, Steve Jobs. So you want Apple? Yep. You just, you got all it. You you got want? The, oh, that's you all you the, want? Yep. Okay. Yep. Apple. Apple. Yeah. Okay. okay. I want Stradas. Third one, 
George Patton. Military leader. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, civil rights leader. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Golf. Robin Williams. Acted, comedian. Okay. Wow. Okay. Perfect. Note, you did not say in any one of those instances, they're great because of their virtuous character. They're a family man. They're a faithful husband. They're very caring, respectful, joyful, hopeful to be around. Oh. Now, they could be those things, but you know what I typically associate? If I want to look into the lives of celebrities and sports stars, here's what I typically find. Addiction. Divorce. Broken families. Bankruptcy. No privacy. Suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying, yeah, I know. Jordan was divorced. I know that. Uh, Robin Williams committed suicide. Tiger Woods was famous for his faulting. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Martin Luther King Jr. or Patton, really. Yeah, and I'm not saying those things are all lined up to these guys. Yeah, no, but yeah, some of those, yeah, for sure. And I guess the point is, you know, we've not placed their names up in lights for the things that we should be aspiring to. Right. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? You know, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What profits a man if he becomes the goat? Yeah. If he ends up in hell. Right. Ooh. Yeah. I was you just know? thinking if his marriage got destroyed, but yeah, if he ends up in hell. Right now, yeah. you went to the yeah. far, far end of yeah. the extreme. And you know what we do? I, this is what I, this is an afterthought. I'd like really squeak this in my notes. Well, don't we do this? When you find out a celebrity who's, who's doing really good, right? Like sold a million albums, um, getting paid billions for them be a movie star. And we find out, one good thing about them, like a good quality, one of the ones I named off. What do we do? We celebrate it and tell everyone, wow, what a great person they are. They're amazing. Yes. Yeah. Right. We make Virtue them into signaling. We make them into saints. Yeah. Well, we don't know anything else, but other than like, he's a really big tipper. Right. Or, um, and they make, a lot of times they make it known too. They, that's what I call virtue signaling. They, okay. You know, so, it's one thing to have a lot of money, but then they'll like, yeah, they'll give it so people know. And then they'll be like, see, I'm not like the other rich people that are snobs. Yep. You know, they're snobs. When at the same time, they, they might be giving and then they don't, people don't even know about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I don't know why I was thinking about this. Well, yeah, maybe with the car I've been driving around. Um, secret millionaire. Not that I'm a millionaire, but, mm-hmm. you know, I got my 21-year-old car I've been driving around. <laughs> And I thought about that though, because I own, I have three vehicles that are paid off. And I mean, like, I was just thinking about that. My grandpa, he drove vehicles paid off that was not, you know, it was worth 50, you know, 1,500 bucks, you know. <laughs> yeah, he he was worth, you know, a lot more net worth than I ever have been, you know, but I, common. Yeah. yeah. And you, you look through, you look at that vehicle and it's like, I could easily go out and get another vehicle and, and drive by and then people would be impressed. Yeah. By the vehicle and the status of what, you know, we have. It bespeaks excellence. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, it's really a good credit score is what it speaks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, really, it should be the opposite. We should be like, we're going to uphold these great people. I'm sorry, not great. 
we're going to uphold these common people. Oh, okay. Because they, we know in our heart of hearts, they actually do have all these admirable qualities. Mm -hmm. And then we should comment on, Hey, did you know that mother Teresa has a really nice jump shot? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Instead of being like, I'm going to put a poster on my wall of the guy with the really nice jump shot. All right. Don't you have posters of Kobe on your wall? Or no, just, okay. no. I might have at one point <laughs> okay. in time, but yeah. not, not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I see to your point. Yeah, we're looking at uh, their virtue and their character, and we say that's who we want to emulate. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting when we put on the jerseys of these people that are definitely not role models or character. You know, mm-hmm. their character doesn't match up. You know, there's quite a few NBA athlete, athletes that have quite quite the story and. You know, fathered many kids and yeah. with different women and things like that. But yeah, we'll put their jersey on yeah. because they can take a ball and put it through a hoop better than other people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So again, I think if that bounces back to us, the common man theory, the theory of common man uh, rings true. Okay. Test two. Why is this people say? Okay, I who's, got, supposed, who's supposed to say that? You're, am oh, I supposed to say that? If you want. Wisest people say. <laughs> I'm going to give you three names, okay? Three wise people. And uh, this is just your options. And I'm going to give a description. You have to tell me which option said this. Okay. Okay. Got it? Okay. Here are the three people. Aristotle. Jesus. Buddha. Okay, those are your three options. Okay, you're going to give me a statement? I'm going to give you a statement okay. or description of something that they would have said. Okay. Um, this man advocated um, a balanced approach to life. Um, not total deprivation, but not total luxury, because both of them are not where it's at. What's, what's my third choice? What? Gandhi? <laughs> Or Buddha. 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 Yeah. Buddha. That's your answer? Yeah. My answer is Buddha. Final answer? Final answer. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Yay. Wait, wait. Let me. Can I? Nope. That was. That's a laugh. I I don't know what they are. We're trying to get laughs on this episode. Is it applause? Oh. Yeah. Wait. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Family Feud survey says. All right. Give me another one. Okay. This man says, blessed are the rich and famous. (laughs) <laughs> no, he didn't say that, right? He said, blessed are the poor and persecuted. That would be Jesus. Good job, man. Yeah. yeah. You really don't deserve applause for that because that was a, and yeah. I'm going to give myself an applause. <laughs> yep. And we're finally left with the man who advocated for what's called the golden mean. That's got to be Aristotle. It is. Ding, 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 ding. Wow, you are amazing. What a great. <laughs> Crowd goes wild. Because <laughs> MJ just made a jumper. Yeah. Um, Aristotle, interestingly enough, you're in math guy. What, is, what does mean mean? Average. Yeah. Mm. Average. Oh, did we talk about average before? Yeah. <laughs> so just an example for what, what he advocates. He's like, what we're really chasing in life, this is philosophy, is not the extremes. Remember what I talked about? Mm-hmm. So the example of the mean is courage. 
Okay. Mm. What do you think the mean, the, 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 I'm sorry, not the means, the extremes of courage would be? The extremes? Extreme both ways. Okay, so if you had like... No courage whatsoever, you would be a... Uh, <laughs> coward. <laughs> and if, I, you, if you had too much courage, I was behaving. <laughs> oh, you were trying to hold something back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and then the opposite coward. Then you'd be a hero on the other end. Courage. No, 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 you'd be uh, you'd be reckless. Reckless. Okay. Yeah. So Aristotle's point. He does this. We can link. I'll link something up. They, he does this with a whole bunch of virtues. And his his thing is, virtue is actually somewhere in the middle. Of extremes. Because if you're too much courageous, <laughs> too many is courageous, <laughs> um, you'd be reckless because you would fly right into the face of danger without taking any caution. But if you hmm. ran the other direction, you'd be a coward. Doesn't We're not after either one of those. We want to stay alive. But we also want to show up to battle. All right, courage is one example. You got any more? I didn't write any other ones down. So I mean, like, because what, what's another character trait? Like honesty. Yes. You're like, all right. How is honesty in the middle? Like, what's the? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it seems like, you know, I got it here. You I got it. it. Okay. I found it. So, um, honesty. The deficiency of honesty is secrecy. Okay. Not sharing anything, right? Yeah. No, but what's the extreme? Because I would picture honesty being at the very top, right? Well, you're saying that's the middle. Yeah. So extreme honesty is what? Loose lips. That's not- Gossip, basically? Yeah. Liz, loquacity, loquacity. <laughs> Looking for that word, Ben. But I think it's loquacious. means like he just, he just can't shut the mouth off kind of thing. <laughs> Loquacious. Loquacious. That's a good word. I don't, I've never heard it in that form, but uh, so there, it, I think it holds true. And, and okay. so why is this people say, I mean, they we're talking about if people were just to say, hey, who are the, I know you and I hold Jesus above that because he's not just a teacher. So I qualify there, but uh, Aristotle, Jesus, and Buddha, and they're all advocating for something that's not in the extremes of excellence. Hmm. Okay. Those are why is this people? Test three. This is the line test. Okay? okay. Now, I don't really need you to interact with this, so you may be able okay. to kind of just chill. You want me to be quiet? I'm, no, you, you can interact, but I'm going to give you an oldie and a, a more modern movie line, okay? And again, this is we're, we're throwing it out there and seeing if it bounces back true. And these are, you know, popular movies, okay? Um, i got to find this on my, on my phone. So... Um, we talked about this. Talked about this movie uh, in another episode. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes. It's a Wonderful Life is when George Bailey's father has passed away, and they're sitting with the board, and Mister Potter is trying to liquidate um, the the building and loan, telling the board Peter Bailey's died, and we're, we're we just might as well fold this thing. Okay, and then George goes off. Okay. Okay. And there's a line in his his little speech that has stuck with me for for a long, long time. And so uh, Bailey says, uh, George Bailey says, just a minute, just a minute now. Hold on, Mr. Potter, just a minute. You're right by saying my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap penny ante building and loan, I'll never know. But neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character because his whole life was why in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? 
He didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. And what's wrong with that? Why, here you're all business, all businessmen here. Don't you know it makes them better citizens? Doesn't it make them better customers? What do you say there? They wait and save up their money uh, before they can get a decent home? Wait? Wait for what? Until their children are grown up and they leave? Until they're so old and broken down that, you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Just remember this, Mr. Potter. Here's the line. This rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, they, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. Mm. That's George Bailey's rant. Yeah. You can appreciate that being a ranter. Yeah, yourself. of course. Of course. <laughs> and in my mind, think about what Mr. Potter represents. He is success in the extreme, embodied. Mm. He has enough money to buy that entire town. Mm. And what does George use against him as, as proof of my theory? Mr. Potter calls us common men rabble. We don't matter. And you're just going to get in the way of my excellence. Mm. Wow. But George Bailey knows we are the people who do most of the living and breathing, paying and dying, all, you know, whatever that phrase yeah. was. Isn't that a great, isn't that a yeah. great line? Wow. You have to link that clip to the show. Notes yes. yes, yeah, yes, that's, yes. Wow, that's really good. So there's line one. That's the oldie. Now let's fast forward. To okay. a goodie. No, uh, oldie, but yeah. uh, no, that's the oldie, but a goodie. Okay. Well, this newbie. Is, this is this is laying my hands on the on the laying my hand on the table with my favorite kinds of movies and I've mentioned this one before so you won't be familiar with Fight Club I know you're not familiar with the Fight Club I haven't been able to watch movies here for that's quite a true few days <laughs> because of this challenge you got me in so Tyler Durden main character has a group of men down in the basement getting ready to fight and he's giving them a little pep talk hyping them up a little bit he's going to give them homework and the whole nine yards. Now, they go about things the wrong way. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You know, like they're not going to have virtuous response to this line. But I think it's proof that there's frustration out there among men like us. And I've held on to this line, too. I think this is great. Tyler Durden looks across this group of men and he says, We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that line, I love that line. It's like we were, the world tells us. Hornswoggled. Yeah. Lied to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we should be ticked off by it. We, we need to stop abiding by it if we know it to be true. Okay, so is it passing that test so far, the movie line test? Yeah, sure. Ding. Yes. Ding? <laughs> what do you want? I don't what know which this one? one. What's this one do? No, not that. <laughs> it means like, that means the episode's over. Okay. <laughs> and okay. it's not. Okay, well, wait, what about this one? One more. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Look at the... Okay, last line, last line test. 
And this, uh, you couldn't have one of these without referring to a country song, right? If we're trying to establish, uh, <laughs> if we're trying to establish uh, respectable the f- theory, you need a country song. Yes, yes, because as most common men will know instinctively, it, when they say it in the country song, it, it just it's true, you know. So. We have to go go back a little ways, and it's not too far, okay? But I, I don't listen to much music nowadays, so, so you know, I I apologize if this is dating me, and you don't quite get it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Montgomery Gentry to weigh in here, oh, yeah. okay? Yeah, probably my favorite uh, song to karaoke, which I don't karaoke very often, so that says something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Here is the chorus, and I'm not going to sing it per oh, se. Oh, boring. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to do a little bit, but I'm not going to like really like belt it out. Um, here, here we go. Here's the the song "Lucky Man." You remember this one? I'm a lucky man. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Say, so, I know I'm a lucky man. God's given me a pretty fair hand. Got a house and a piece of land. A few dollars in a coffee can. My old truck's still running good. My ticker's ticking like they say it should. I got supper in the oven. A good woman's loving. And one more day to be my little kid's dad. Lord knows I'm a lucky man. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah. Doesn't that sum it up nicely? Like yeah. Finding the I think gratitude for the little things. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. That's just that's just pointing out like all the things he's thankful for, you know. And they're not they're not uh, they're sim- they're very simple things that he's right. thankful for. Well, what's that quote? You know, look back on the oh little realize you know don't don't look back on the little oh it's in my house. I'm I'm on the countryside. I thought maybe you were the big say, things. No, Kenny, Kenny Chesney and the, no, the good stuff song. or something. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a country song. It's, the it's good sitting stuff. Up, it's in the bathroom in my house. Oh, you know when you look back, realize the little things were the big things. Basically, yeah. you know. Yep. So don't wish away the little things because you realize, you know, they're the big things. Another song that I think about, maybe I've mentioned on here before, is a song basically called "Dream Small." Mm. <laughs> I don't think I did. Did you it's sing by that by Josh Wilson? I don't want to sing it. Dream small, you know. You don't re- realize you don't have to do it all, basically. Oh, so okay. instead of dream big, saying dream small, See? man. You know? And and here was somebody I knew who dealt with like he dealt with like um, anxiety and things like that as well, feeling overwhelmed. So it's almost like he wrote the song for himself. Hey, dream small, you know. Like, don't realize you have to do it all. You don't have to do it all. Yeah. And and so, yeah. It's interesting that you'll hear. This echoed back. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if guys, maybe if you, you could think about that, other movie lines or other wise sayings, other songs, certainly right. country songs. Well, so at what point can I rant about the fact I just don't like being common? I Do was, it. I mean, Make, I was raised because I'm going to ask you if I passed. If this is because this pass, this is I mean, the test. I people will say about my nature that know me. There's two words I've heard numerous times about my nature, and you might agree that I'm. Driven and I'm competitive. Okay. Like I like this idea of achievement. I want to achieve. I want to be great. I want to have yeah. something. And so what you're telling me is I gotta give that up to be common. You know, <laughs> that's that somehow greater joy comes from being 
comic, <laughs> right? When I want to be top dog, right? Mm. I want to look down on everyone else and go, I'm better than you. See, look at all the stuff that I accomplished, right? And you ain't as good as me. That's a temptation. Right? If that's that's what I that's the way I've been raised and taught, you know? And just I mean, certainly it's a little hard to have friendships when I'm trying to look down <laughs> upon all these people and telling them how terrible they are and how I'm better than them and stuff. Yes, but that's where I want to <laughs> be is right there, you know, at the top of the food chain, all right? All by myself with no one else and really nice cars and, you know, you in the cars, <laughs> right? Yeah, really nice cars, nicer than two thousand one. You know, but you're 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 going on a rant and you're being somewhat facetious, but but I, no, it's hard for me to th- no, really, yeah. it is hard for me to think about being common. I've I've always been a high achiever, you know, from the get go. You know, so even if my GPA didn't always reflected or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it wasn't. Uh, well, it, it was okay. But with this idea, like people knew, like I was driven and motivated to achieve when things I felt were important. You yeah. know? So, and, and I don't, I, I've had to actually unlearn that. Yeah. Hmm. Because I've certainly had that recipe for misery of like, okay, yeah, I want to be perfect in all areas, you know, and yeah. so forth. And I had to confess that and be like, oh, you know, I still remember a sermon by Charles Stanley, he, he, and it was really impactful for me. He said something like, you have expectations for yourself God doesn't have for you. Oh, man. That yeah, right. hit me right between the eyes. Like, I expect to do this, that, and the other thing, make this money or achieve this goal or do this. You know, and really what, what it came back to me, you know, and, and there's different scriptures at different places, but this one, what does the Lord require of you? Walk, um, walk just, act justly, walk humbly, wait, wait, love mercy. Yeah. Act justly, love mercy and walk humbly before your God. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what he requires of me wherever I'm at. You know, he didn't say get that trophy, right? That hunk of metal, you know, go achieve that, get to the top of the, you know, get but, that, the- but Ben, that's not to say, you know, I think sometimes people are drawn to the excellence because they think, oh, that's, that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. And if I overcome the hardest thing then I've made it. Yeah. But it's not true. No. I mean, the things you just laid out, that scripture verse you just laid out, can you say it again one more time? So Yeah, I, I wanted to get the right order. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God. Those are hard things. In fact, they may be the hardest things. Mm. It's just not that you're going to get the kind of credit mm. or, or uh, recognition in the eyes of the world by achieving those things. Mm. I remember talking to a pastor one time and I was talking about walking into a room and like something like, and you know, just being okay with people not noticing me. Yeah. Like kind of like in a good, like I almost wanted that. I walk in the room and they're, Oh, there he is being okay with like not being like the center of attention, I think is what I phrased it. Mm -hmm. And he he looked at me and he said, imagine that they don't even see you. You know, that you're just like, you just blend in. Uh-huh. You know, there is nothing special about you, just as Jesus was described, you know? That's right, yeah. You know, so it wasn't even like you're partially getting attention. It's like you're getting no attention. You know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like you blend in. But uh, let's go back to this. How many times you see the men that live very common that don't have the attention on them be the backbones of churches and businesses and communities? That's what I'm talking and, about right there. I would say... You know, people always talk about Hollywood and stuff. Oh, what if I couldn't watch all the movies or whatever? I, you know what I'm most worried about? Not having the guy who pick out my trash every week. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. who is more valuable? Mm-hmm. All right. These actors and actresses and their political agendas and so forth, or the guy who picks up my trash every week. Yeah. All right. He's common. I think that, you know, I don't think he's got, you know, and you, and, and I think the point too, is we spend so much time giving the attention to those extremes. Yeah. The people, well, you, it, you don't have to look far to find the common man. Right. And I'm saying the common man in the best best way. Mm-hmm. That could, the common man could be your dad, could be your neighbor, could be your coworker. And we're not we as common men aren't even giving other common men the credit they're due. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's hard to live that way, to be faithful to one woman. It's hard to um give time and sacrifice time for your children. Mm. It's hard to stay faithful to the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are achievements, eternal, eternal achievements. Yeah, and we're settling for our acclamation, right? For for somebody that wins a game. Yeah, you know, and and makes I don't know what your challenge is, but it makes me think about a, a challenge being to notice the people who are the common men. Mm. You know, because because almost like your challenge could be be the common man, yeah. but almost like recognize and praise those men, that, and it could be women too. I mean, you know, we yeah. say this, you know, recognize these people that live that so simply and humbly. But you know, I I think there's freedom in what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is a recipe for misery to try and be perfect, try and be extreme. You know, and it drives you crazy. And then once you get one championship ring, so to speak. You think you wake up and think about it, you know. If I don't get another one, right? Then what? Well, then what's my worth? Then the Tom Brady, yeah, the Tom Brady kind. You, I think you brought that up before. Yeah, the, he he was like, yeah, I got three at the time. He said, I got three rings. There's got to be more than this, you know. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, there is, but yeah, that's what he's asking that question. You know, he's he doesn't not, know where to look, right? And and I think you see that time and again with different people. I think I think it was Urban Meyer who was. I think after they won a national championship or something, I think he had a breakdown, like almost like thinking about repeating again right. or something. I thought it was something he was like so stressed out. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like oh my gosh, you know, like I got to do this again. And I, and I would say I, in my areas on a smaller scale, yeah, like I've achieved well, and then I feel that pressure. Oh, I got to do it again. Yeah. You know, instead of settling in, and and really being a child of God, mm. you know, who is forgiven, right. And he has been shown mercy and grace that he doesn't deserve, unmerited favor, you know, yeah. and go, thank you, Lord, that you love me before I ever did anything. Yeah. G.K. Chesterton has this great line where he's like, we make all, when somebody fails, we make this massive to-do about, oh, he was a great might have been. Oh. So, so, he, he, so, so they fail. Yeah. Right, like he could have been great, mm-hmm. but he failed. Yeah, the great might have been. He's like, no, that's good. you got it twisted. Chesterton says, when you look at every person, remember they are a great might not have been. Might not have been. Oh, they didn't have to be created yeah. and loved into yeah. existence. Yeah, mm. that has nothing to do with achievement. That's yeah. a pure gift. It's good. So. Now, let me let me close my message then, Ben. I, I love what you just added. Um, and I know we've been goofing around most of this episode, and I hope everybody appreciates that. Uh, but here in all seriousness, this theory says 
I think what most of us already know intuitively, but we risk losing sight of very easily. That the version of greatness that's held up to us our entire lives is a lie. Pursuing excellence to the extreme is simply a temptation to pride. And buying that um, buying that package is just asking for heartache and trouble. So guys, listen, we don't need books written about us. Leave the crash and burn biographies and the 15 minutes of fame to celebrities and sports stars. While they live their life in the fast lane, loving their fame and fortune, loving themselves, we, the common men of history, will quietly forge the generations. And here's my challenge. And it's, I like Ben. Ben, remember what Ben said there. Find this in a person you know and go tell them. But I want you to go through your house, figuratively, and if you need to, literally, and tear down the idols to this God of greatness. Pull down your Dale Earnhardt posters and flip the tables on your shrine to Mike Ditka. <laughs> These are a little dated to people, too. I know, I know. <laughs> I think of some though, like that's uh, pull these great men off the wall today. You're calling out somebody you know with Mike Dick and <laughs> Dale Earnhardt on their wall. <laughs> Replace them with an old black and white of your great grandfather, those unsung heroes, and start paying tribute to the greatness of the common man. Oh, wow. That's good. Well, looks like we got our marching orders. Let's roll. Thanks for tuning in to the Manhood Restored podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at Manhood Restored Podcast. To check out past episodes and show notes, go to manhoodrestored.tv. You can send us feedback and episode ideas to mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. That's mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. Be blessed and be brave. Until next time, mighty men of valor. 